Welcome to the Restored Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Josh and Jalen Harrell. We are a husband and wife who are passionate about partnering with people to rebuild, restore, and renew their life to the purpose God has for them. In 2018, God took our broken marriage and restored it to something beautiful. And we believe he wants to restore the parts of your life that seem broken too. Join with us as we talk openly, transparently about faith, health, marriage, sexuality, family, and everything in between. This This is is Restored restored living. Living. Oh my gosh, you guys, we are so, so, so excited for this week's episode. Um, I know we mentioned last week that we'd be bringing some good friends of ours on. And if you were listening to the intro, then you heard their angelic, amazing, beautiful voices. Um, These are our awesome friends, Chris and Steph, uh, and they are the musical genius behind Out of the Dust Music. And uh, we feel privileged that we get to hear their voices every time when we post these episodes. But we're so excited to have them this week as guests on the podcast and for you to hear their story, because honestly, um, you know, three and a half years ago, they were one of the first uh, couple of people. Four and that a half, we, four years ago. Four, oh my gosh. Well, four, four years, years ago. ago. Woo, can't even keep track anymore. I know time flies. They were the oh first couple that we, uh, outside of family that we really got to uh, let into our story and they let us into their story. And it was a profound step of our healing process. We actually heard them on a podcast. Yes. We, we heard them share their story Full on a podcast. Moment. And I was like, I have to know how they did this. I didn't know. Oh, wow. I was trying to remember how it first started. (laughs) Yeah, you guys were on, you were guys on um, Fierce Marriage with Ryan and Selena. Which is also a great podcast for those of you listening. If you want to listen to Ryan and Selena and Frederick, they're awesome. And Ryan and Selena, if you ever hear this, we would love to meet you. Thank you for having (laughs) me on your podcast because it was huge for us. Yeah, so so powerful. Mm -hmm. So uh, Chris, Steph, why don't you guys just introduce yourselves a little bit, where you're from, what your family's like, and all that sort of stuff, and then we'll get rolling. Sure, absolutely. And to all the listeners, uh, I very much, we very much look forward to all the future podcasts that we can be on that you will start just like Josh and Jalen did. So everyone listening gets to start their own podcast, and then we can go on there their go. podcast. And okay. Just, just keeps I did not know where you were going. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really either, but we found our way. Um, uh, I'm Chris, Steph, and uh, we are, we are out of the dust. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the band name, the, the, the ministry behind it. It's all stemming from our story. And we always, you know, after everything happened in our life, we always knew that there was just this kind of power. There's always power in our stories because anyone's story who's a believer is from death to life. And we just walked through that in a very kind of overt and powerful way. So uh, we felt like to be good stewards, we should keep telling that story. And, uh, you know, we, what do you want to, how do you want to over archingly <laughs> tell? Well, yeah, we, we, um, we live here just outside of Nashville. Oh, there are two kids. Asher and Nora, mm-hmm. uh, who are eight and seven, which are just the joy of our life. And they come on the road with us. It's a, it is a family affair. <laughs> this ministry like life. of seven is so fun, right? Like seven so and eight. Fun. They're yes. just in such fun age where they're like so together with you on things. Yes. Like they want to help and they want to be a part. And 
you get to like let them in because they're not little kids anymore. Yeah, they're they're slowly becoming um, roadies that are helpful <laughs> as opposed <laughs> sure to, um, you know, you know how it is with the young kids. Like you yeah. try to let them help and it actually takes more time. But, you know, they're in training. It's OK. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it trains us in patience and it trains them. Yes. In responsibility. So <laughs> God help us all in the whole process. Yep. So, yeah, that's us. I mean, we've we've been doing music, uh, music ministry yeah, for eight-ish eight, years. Eight years. Um, we're full-time, and yep. this is all that we do. That God willing, we'll do it as long as we can. And um, that's that's us in a very small kinder egg. I kinder love egg. It. Well, that's okay. You know what? Because guess what? That kinder egg is about to be blown wide open. <laughs> I was going to tell you guys to say how long you've been married, but I actually don't want you to because I know that's a little bit of a convoluted question. It is, because, it is a loaded question. <laughs> because, and I'll let you guys tell why. Because, and for those of you who are listening, I just, I want you to just, um, no matter where you're going through, this story is going to touch you mm. and help you to just see that your marriage is probably normal <laughs> and <laughs> it has its issues. Um, we all, for lack of a, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. We all have our shit. Yeah. And um, I was so glad that you guys shared your shit on a podcast <laughs> because I needed to hear that mm-hmm. someone else was at rock bottom. And so can mm-hmm. you guys just share a little bit about your story? And even I would love from both of your guys' perspectives, even yeah. um, sharing about your story. Well, let's get creative. And we can just kind of tease it out and say that, uh, you know, the reason it's convoluted or at least complicated to explain uh, how long we've been married is because we actually have two anniversaries, uh, which is two marriages to each other. (laughs) Yes. Um, And so that 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 is kind of the the seed of our story. Um, And, you know, I don't know how much anyone who's listening knows or or, um, but we we met when we were very young and 16 and 17 and sort of I think, you know, we, we fell in love very quickly or what we thought love was, you know, as as high school seniors, <laughs> we uh, stayed in the same town, went to college together, got married, fooled ourselves into thinking we knew what we were doing, fooled ourselves <laughs> into thinking we, you know, were doing all the right things and yeah. serving and, you know, checking all the boxes. And, um, that, that just didn't really, uh, pan out for us. Uh, I went through a, a season of really kind of deep doubt, um, kind of informed by scientific materialist worldview, very intellectual doubts. And, um, because of the, I, because of the lies that I believed that you had to have everything together to, to serve, to, to, you know, be in front of people, which is what we would do. We would, you know, serve and lead worship. Um, I kind of hid that whole process. I didn't, uh, and I, I felt shame and that led to sin, which was drugs and alcohol and parties. And, um, you know, that, that was through college and into our professional life. Everything was hidden everything like Stephanie barely knew anything. Uh, I so mean, can I just say something yeah. quick, Chris, please. I want to just touch on that because I think leadership can have this like pedestal effect. I want to say mm-hmm. 
where especially in the church right especially in the church i think this is something that i would love to see go away um you know people being able to freely talk about their stories and talk about their struggles and their hurts and their hangups because when something's in the light it's so much easier to deal with than when it's in the dark right and it's like festering and getting worse so Mm. i so appreciate that you said that because i think so many people maybe even listening right now you haven't said a word about what's actually going on Mm -hmm. in your mind. And this might be your first step to restoration is just saying it out loud and coming out of shame and hiding. Absolutely. And let me confront the lie too. Like if you don't have community, like there's probably something in your mind that's like, you know, we got this, or I definitely know that I don't have this, but I don't know where to start. And I certainly don't want to go join a community group and then just air all my laundry because what's that going to say about me and us? And the lie is that if you did that, if you shared what's actually going on with you, like that's the best first step you could ever take. You're going to encourage everybody else in your community to be vulnerable and to share their stuff too. So it's so powerful. And I can't tell you how, how much freedom I think it's given others just by no product of our own, but just through the way God made our hearts is just for us to be vulnerable has given other people the freedom to be vulnerable. And it's, it's amazing how that works. So that's all a lie too. Um, We, we suffered alone for far too long and um, we, we should have, we should, we, 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 we didn't know what we didn't know. So yeah. there's no shame in that. But um, if you're listening, just, just know that it's, it's a lie that from, from the pit of hell that, that you can't share what you're really going through. You know, um, Steph, I want to ask too, like, did you, did you sense as he was, as this was like progressing? Cause he said, you really didn't know the details, mm-hmm. a lot of the details of what was going on, but did you just sense that there was, did you see a shift in him or did you sense that something was going on that just started to clue you in? Yeah, there are definitely some, some things here and there that I could tell, like um, some, you know, something's going on. Um, like he wouldn't want to pray in front of like our community group or I knew, I guess you came to me maybe one time about some of your doubts and, and, you know, we had at the time we had this great, um, pastor at our church that was like so good at apologetics and all this and I knew that he I guess you had talked to him maybe some or I knew he was reading some books so I just I just assumed a lot I assumed a lot and I didn't press in um so I mean a lot that's on me (laughs) for sure but also we just our communication wasn't great and so I think the way that I, I think we're the only ones that struggle with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Such a, certainly never do. Such a bummer. Yeah. yeah. But I think when I would, right, totally. Like if, if I would bring something up, you know, it would come across really judgmental or maybe, you know, it just, we just struggled. So I just, I think chose to stay naively optimistic that, oh, we're in a busy season. We were like, I was in, I went straight to graduate school after graduating and working full time. And so I just figured it's a busy season. We're busy. It'll get better. And just kept on trucking. Yeah. 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 And so that was, how long was it now? You're Chris, you're kind of dealing with this stuff on the back end and not really feeling like you can open up about it to fully really open up about what you're going through. Steph, you're like, we're just kind of in this season. We're kind of worker bees. We're hustling through. We're doing what we got to do. I like that word naively, like, yeah. 
it's kind of like you know it's there but it's like mm-hmm. the elephant in the room that you're shoving in the closet yeah. you're like eh, no i'm not gonna deal with that right now it's probably not that yeah. big of a deal and it actually is right and yeah. and i think a lot of us we find ourselves in that place where especially if, if for anyone who's encountered kind of a like a bombshell moment in their marriage it was kind of just like it was the thing we just we didn't we didn't touch it we didn't address it we didn't you know we 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 kind of were just doing life on autopilot so mm-hmm. what was what was the the moment or that was there a point in time i feel like for us i know we had like that moment like jay calls it the bomb being dropped all the time mm-hmm. but was there a moment for you guys where it was like the bomb was dropped and everything just kind of came like the the facade kind of just came tearing down and, and everything was out there yeah absolutely i mean she mentioned to back up just a tiny bit she mentioned i'm like reading books and stuff and that encouraged her maybe you know she didn't know that I was reading these books with like a, a very harsh and critical eye, you know, like just dissecting and like just in my mind, I, I'm I'm actually reading it with a sword in my hand, you know, not like with a with a receptive mind. And, um, you know, it, it it got really bad and to the point where I <clears throat> was leading worship. Um, you know, she could tell stuff was going on. I didn't really want to pray, but there was a season there where, uh, you know, I'm like, smoking weed and, and, and drinking and drugs and just trying to all these things to satiate and, and get rid of my shame, you know, just, just abusing parties and friends and all of that just to, to deal with my stuff. And, um, man, um, that, that doesn't work. Uh, newsflash. Um, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, and, it was like I was still in leadership positions, but like I didn't even believe in God anymore. So there, there were times when I would lead worship just kind of on, on volunteer basis and stuff. But I uh, didn't even believe in God, and I was probably out partying stuff, you know, the night before. And it was just, it was like a bad. It was, it was very. That is, that is, like violence, you know, to to your soul, and the the bombshell for us was um january 21st is that right 21st january 21st 2010 um i sat stephanie down who just you know probably i'm deer in headlights for sure uh i said 14 words i said i don't believe in god anymore and i don't want to be married anymore you know, I said things before that and I said things after that, but that was, that was mostly, (laughs) yeah, that was mostly the message. You're about to walk out the door to have dinner with my family. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're like heading into time with family in this, Chris, did you just feel like you could just, like it couldn't stay in anymore? For some reason, I thought that was a good idea. Uh, (laughs) When our heads aren't clear, we just kind of. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Like we were just going to go, okay, let's go tell my parents. Now. I mean, it just shows you, it just shows you how like, yeah, shows you how little I knew about you and yeah. what you would need in a situation like that. And um, yeah, I guess I just thought it was like, I'll tell her this and then we'll go process together. I don't know. I yeah. just, an, I'm an idealist in my head. Um, but yeah, that is not what happened. Uh, she, she hardly even spoke for like, 30 minutes i remember kind of like just waiting for her to say something and she was like i gotta get out of here and i like followed her to the bedroom and she's just sitting on the side of our bed and i'm like say are you gonna say anything but she just had to 
literally just process. It was like, mm-hmm. couldn't speak because I mean, I don't want to tell yeah. your side of the story, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was rough um, to say the least. Steph, what was that? I mean, you're on the other side of that experience, right? And you're hearing this from all the wives are holding guys, their breath right like, now. Or all the spouses how long and, had you guys been married yeah. at this point? <clears throat> We've been married about three and a half years. Okay. Which side note is, is the new, we heard uh, talking with some people at family life. That is the new like seven year itch. Seven it's been, years. it's been cut say. in half. Yeah. It's oh. been cut in half to three and a half, which lines up perfectly with, with our story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like three and a half. <clears throat> Seven's still a thing. Like yeah. that was when we experienced our heart. And I think in everything I've ever yeah. pursued, seven has been <laughs> the year <laughs> for me. Mm. Um, but those, and then I think there's like what a seven, like 17 or yeah. not mm-hmm. 17, but like 12 to 15 yeah. is usually hard too. But, but there's wow, definitely three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we saw that we did see, we had a fair amount of friends that three and a half to four and a half years in all the quits. They got, mm-hmm. they got yeah. married. Time. So so for you, you're, you've been married three and a half years now. Like what, what was that moment like for you? Yeah. I mean, like Chris said, I, I literally couldn't say hardly anything. Um, I don't, it's still a blur to me. Like, I don't know what I initially said. Um, I, Cause I, I just couldn't process it. I couldn't compute in my logical brain, my internal processor brain who has, you know, at the time had my whole life planned out. Right. Like, we're going to have kids in this many years. We're going to, I'm going to work and do this. He's going to do it. Like everything was planned out. And in five seconds, it all just blew up. I mean, the, the, the bomb dropping moment just completely gone. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even make sense of the fact that this was happening, you know, not just my marriage, but you know, my best friend that, that I could be hearing those words come out of his mouth. And so, I mean, obviously walked through every, every emotion, every step of grief over those next, you know, few weeks. Cause we, you know, we stayed in the same house for like a month and had a lot of conversations. I mean, there's, I would definitely say there was some anger, but it wasn't like, we never were incredibly like volatile. Like we didn't have like. You know, crazy arguments, explosive so. arguments. We were not good at <laughs> that. We probably had some. But. Yeah, but so, but it was just, yeah. It didn't matter. Didn't matter what I said or anything. I couldn't. I couldn't change his mind. I couldn't convince him of anything. As and as polite, I think, and kind as you tried to be through it all, and he would, you know, agree to like listen to people in our small group. Tried to our pastors tried to to talk to him, and it just nothing, nothing could change his mind. So a month after that bomb, you know, I, I ended up moving in with my parents. Remember what happened? You tell your side of (laughs) what you were doing then. Well, I just believe this lie that, um, so many, but the main one was, you know, just this, this, this false view of, of what marriage was and what it was supposed to be. And, um, even just, just the, the simple thought that because 
you know, I, I just remember saying and writing and, and answering so many people just saying like, you know, we're just too different. You know, we just don't make sense. And we were so young when we got married. It, it just, we don't make sense. And even just, even just that lie and that, that different people can't, can't ha- live a happy and fulfilling and beautiful life together. Uh, it was not an excuse. I would be happier without the accountability, without the shame that kind of came along. So duplicitous and um, I wouldn't have to do that anymore if if we were if we weren't together if I left the church and so um, that's what I did and it was more of you know you mentioned darkness and light and hiding and everything that was in the darkness now is coming to the light and um, you know I've, I've I say this frequently you know I, I experienced a, a little bit of freedom. Because in, in a sense, because I was telling the truth, I'd been lying for so long and, and, and projecting and pretending. And now people actually know. And that felt that feels really good because God made us to be fully known. And the problem is that I was on a path that led to complete rebellion or, or you know, just turning away from God and, and to death. You know, that's that's the path that I was on thinking that I'm going to be free. But I ended up just in the arms of slavery, essentially, because um, I was running to the enemy. And the things that I thought would make me happy, they did for a while. But it's there's there's <laughs> there's nothing. Man, this is brand new information to everybody. There's nothing on earth that can truly satisfy us other than the love of God. And I just was so again i should have known but i i I didn't and i thought i could find it elsewhere and boy did it ever fail me because you mentioned when things come to light they're exposed and man now that i'm doing all this stuff in the in the light of day it felt good for like a minute and then it was exposed for the lie and and the vanity and the, the complete emptiness that it was and that you know, specifically, other than just, you know, more parties and drugs and weed and alcohol and all that, you know, I was getting into new relationships too. And because yeah, you had filed for divorce, like within a few months of that night when mm-hmm. everything blew apart. Yeah. And like to give you a full picture of what's happening, like I, I hated to hurt her. I hated to like kind of blow both of our lives apart. I like am tearing up and crying when I'm in the bank in Nashville signing away our house, like, or at least taking over the mortgage, whatever that looked like, signing papers and stuff. Like I'm grieved over this, but it's just a necessary evil, right? Like, it's just something that I have to do. I got to push through this. It's, you know, but those were like little red flags, you know, um, that I just kept ignoring. And um, one of the relationships that I got into after the divorce was final, um, this is probably eight months after um, this is probably in August of that same year. Uh, one, one of those relationships ended, uh, very poorly and, um, thank God in his mercy, you know, he used that in a very creative way to, to just bring me to my knees and 
the way that that all happened, it exposed a lot of things to me about me that I wasn't able to admit or, or understand or even know up until that point. And God used that to just show me the, the depth of my brokenness. And man, boy, was I ever just completely and utterly broken. Um, just waking up in cold sweats, anxiety, which I, I never struggled with up until then. Um, it was like pain physically in my body. It was just like this really, really dark time. You even said you couldn't even like music anymore right it was like hard for you yeah like this girl it. moved in to live with me and i was like yeah i'm gonna play this song this is something i wrote before and like i i couldn't I, it was like a, a samson type thing like i could wow. not wow. play like i was i kept trying to play like what was the chord again like and i played this song probably dozens and dozens and dozens of times and yet yeah it was it was a dark it was a dark season and so uh, that brought me to my knees. And, you know, I mentioned all these kind of intellectual doubts and, and um, that wasn't how God found me. He found me through, not through my head, but through my heart, my, my failure, my brokenness, because I didn't have anything else. You know, I pushed everybody away, save for a, a very loving and, and wonderful mother who never left. Um, but in, in all reality, I was very alone and, and, broken and i just i found god right there with me uh, and experienced him in a completely new way that i never had before because you come into contact with with real love real radical transformational love in, in the, the worst moment of your your life at the bottom of the pit that is that is where god showed up and and honestly was already there with me Oh, so good. Okay, um, momentary pause because so I am not that, on the right yeah. Wi-Fi and my Wi-Fi is terrible. You guys were like cutting out a little bit. Like, oh, was, crap. Is that me? That just okay, though. Because, it was good. Um, I want to... Okay, we're fixed now. I want to speak to a couple of things you share, Chris, and stuff I want to hear before we... Because, guys, this is going to be a part two because there's... <laughs> there's there's too, much too much here. here. There's, <laughs> there's so much more to this story that I'm excited for you here in the next episode. But, but I want to, before we wrap this up, Steph, I want to hear what that time after the divorce was like for you. But before that, Chris, you you mentioned probably 10 minutes ago or so that you were doing all these things to deal with the shame you were feeling, like mm. drugs, the alcohol, all these things. You were doing these things to deal with the shame so you could get up and keep doing the things that you're, you know, leading worship, being a leader, doing these things on, the, you know, that, that you uh, had been doing, even though you didn't even believe in God anymore. When you, when you finally brought everything into the light, what, what happened to the shame that you had felt and were those things, did those things stop working to medicate the shame? And like, where, where was that shame? What was the shame? Like, what were you feeling so shameful about that you were medicating with these things? Mm, that's a good question. That's a, that's a, that's a question informed by counseling. <laughs> there is. <laughs> You know it. You know we're big proponents of therapy. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, um, condense that again. So what? Like what? What? What happened to the shame when yeah. I like when I did finally like come? Everything came to the light. Um, figure out like what what it was rooted in, like where where that shame was coming from. Yeah. So, man, that's a 
that's maybe a whole podcast. I, but no, no, it's such a so good. Let me see if I can wrap it up. So um, I think I would just try to quickly say that um, the, I think that the shame was deeply rooted in this sense that, um, man, even just hearing myself think it, be like, man, that is such a lie. And it's so obvious. And so, so many people think this all the time. But the thing was, the shame was rooted in if they really knew, like, if they really knew, then they wouldn't, they wouldn't accept me. And like, I almost feel cliche, like, I almost feel like, no, I should have a better answer than that. But at the deepest, the deepest level, I thought to myself, if they really knew that I'm watching these, you know, these documentaries that I'm like into evolution and, and, and big bang and all, you know, whatever that was at the time that, that they, like, I wouldn't be, they wouldn't accept me or love me or that, you know, they would have a problem with me and I'd have to defend myself and they wouldn't like me anymore. And, um, yeah. And so to, to backtrack a little bit, I, I did find some, a semblance of community in the music industry, in the restaurant jobs I was working, in the depraved and reprobate places because I felt solidarity with those people because they had some of the same questions that I did. They had some of the same struggles with faith and I, I could be myself or at least a part of myself. It was like I had two versions, but I was still one person. I just couldn't be fully one or the other with either group of people. Yeah, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, right? Like, mm. I feel like our shame feels so big or whatever. We're like closet hiding in our life that nobody knows. And then when it actually comes out in reality, it's really not that crazy. And, and people aren't that mm. surprised by it. No. Like, I find that more and more that when you start to share the really like with with good, healthy followers of jesus when you share like yeah. the really dark parts of your life they're kind of like okay you know like we see it as the big wizard they see it as like the little guy behind the curtain where we're like <laughs> you don't see this huge thing like this is a big deal so it's interesting that you you notice that there's that sense of being known and almost a relief right because like you said god hardwires us to be known but you were just you were seeking being known in a community that wasn't leading you back to life Mm-hmm. leading you back to 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 wholeness and mm-hmm. so i think that's just profound that even there got, i mean you kind of started to get a semblance of it and i'm sure when we get in the next few steps we'll share how you found that in a, in a more whole way now but um yeah steph i want to yeah. hear from your side of the story very quickly we yes. were meant sorry we were mentioning uh ryan and selena also have to give a huge shout out to dave and ann wilson who we got to serve with he and and talking about like healthy and sharing our junk. I don't think he would care that I shared this because he shared it with his church. Like he told us at this conference that we got to serve with him. Like he'd been a pastor for, I don't know how many years, but like fell into porn and like shared with his church as a head pastor that he has struggled with porn. Dude, if that's leadership, go, go follow them. If that, (laughs) that's, that's a good enough endorsement right there, but they're like the, they're huge in family life now. They're the, they leave family life. But anyway, yeah, go check them out too. That's but. So good. I feel like there's so many more people mm-hmm. in leadership. Like Mike Todd is another pastor that I know that I follow. And he very openly talks about that stuff and gets criticized, but also mm. has a huge, not just following, but 
like a want, influence yeah. that comes mm-hmm. from that. And that's a huge lesson I think that people can learn is that when things come out into the light, the good things will be seen. Yeah. Mm. And that authenticity is the way that Jesus has called us. Yes. To live. yes. So I love that. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Steph. Go ahead, Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So backing up after I guess from the point when I moved out and then there I am uh, at 23, I was 23 mm-hmm. and trying to force, I think the pieces of my life back together. Right. You know, I was trying everything I could to change his mind. I'm like, I just couldn't, I think for a while I just couldn't let it go. Cause I'm just, I'm self-sufficient and I'm independent. And that's what, like, that's what society tells us we should be right. Especially as women these days. And so it was really easy to play the victim through it all. You know, I, everybody could see what he was doing. It was like his sin was all out there and it was a season, a necessary season for me and my growth and my relationship with the Lord, because I was blind to my own sin because I was so, I was so good. Can I just say like, (laughs) Oh y'all, I know you've heard me say it, but like, just hear Steph say it again, because (laughs) I think that's, what's the hardest part about being betrayed in that way Mm -hmm. is you do feel like such a victim. Yeah. But God makes you the victor Mm. in your life. And he uses that bullet wound. I'm like tearing up as they talk about this, but like, I didn't realize either how much I had to do on me. Mm -hmm. And this situation exposed that. Yeah, absolutely. Like every time I, she says this, I'm like, that this is clearly the better story. Like, no. like, <laughs> like no. you know what I mean? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's two, so incredible. Two very uh, different journeys that are for two, two very different types of people, right? I mean, we all, uh, for us, it's very much the prodigal son, you know, that story where like he's the prodigal son who's the rebellious one that everybody can see just running straight into sins just spending all the riches that he got from his father. And I am the older brother in the story who, who had, you know, the pride of like, I did everything right. Like why, how, how, how is this, how is he welcomed back? Like nothing happened. So for me, um, I think the, one of the first steps that was like kind of got me out of the rut of (laughs) just feeling very much like the victim and angry and devastated and all of that is I went to a women's retreat where the theme, I had no idea, of course, that's how God works, but the theme was finding joy in your suffering and in your trials. (laughs) And so I got this like whole list of scriptures that were my lifeline. So I just, I clung to them. So many promises, you guys, so many promises in scripture that God's not going to waste our suffering. And not only is he not going to waste it, he's going to turn it into something good, no matter the ending, you know, whether you get the ending you wanted or not. And so, so from there, you know, God so graciously started showing me that my sin was just as ugly. It was just hidden, you know, it was things like pride and self-righteousness and just a judgmental spirit, I think, that I brought into our marriage. And, you know, I, I remember a counselor saying to me, he was like, do you think this was your fault? And he said, or he said, this is not, it was not your choice. You know, it was not my choice to get divorced. That was never what I wanted. I never wanted that to be a part of my story. But did I contribute to the downfall of our marriage? 
Yeah. Like I brought in, I'm, we are both broken, sinful people who needed, we needed some heart check (laughs) because we were just going through life. Like you're saying, just, you know, almost on autopilot and, and what we always have been told, it's like, you're either moving towards oneness or isolation. You can't, it's not, you can't stay in the same place. And so we just, yeah. It's towards our way. Yeah. So it was, you know, I could talk forever, but it was a season of, of learning so much about who God is. You know, I'd grown up in the church, super solid family, and that's a whole other thing. We had very different uh, upbringings, both in the church, but just family structure and stuff. And I had really high expectations, unfortunately, (laughs) thanks to my parents. Um, But which I don't live up to. uh, I mean, that was that's what I saw, like in my very black and white mind, you know? And so I just was able to see how much of a box I put God in um, and and how I really, I had never fully let him take control of, of what, of for one, of my, my pain, of my situation with my marriage falling apart. That was a whole process. We have a song called Take This. That's what it's about. Like, how I just, I was begging him to take it away, to fix it, but I wasn't letting it go. I wasn't trusting him and giving it over to him. So again, a long process, lots of pruning, painful, refining, you know, refining takes fire and that's painful, <laughs> but it, but it's necessary and it's beautiful. And obviously I'm still a work in progress as we all are <laughs> this walk of faith, but uh, coming out of that season, you know, I think for both of us, we're just unrecognizable from ourselves before. Hmm. Mm, okay, so I want to, uh, before we, because I know we're going to like wrap this up and go to part two, but I don't want to be well, like such a tease. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, we're not going to do cliffhanger for you all. I right. do want you guys to share just a little bit about, um, you know, the moment where God both met you and kind of you guys starting to come together, and then we'll pick that back up in episode. Part two. Yeah, totally. Um, well, part of the season for me uh, of reaching rock bottom and then encountering God um, in just this radically different way than I could have ever known or expected or, or, or thought that God could work or move in my life. It was just I had again, it's so weird. I, I'm even processing this now. I also had God in a box, too, where it's like this intellectual ascent and I need all of these arguments and I have to be able, man, when I let go and I, I fall into the mystery and fall into just the, the kind of mystical like experience of God, man, how beautiful and freeing that was for me. And that was transformative. Um, but throughout that, I'm, I'm just being honest with God and, and praying and seeking and opening the, the Bible, not with a sword, you know, like before where I'm like critically looking at, but with an open heart and, Man, he's just pouring into me. And um, it was just a beautiful, beautiful season that that went on for weeks and months where he's just, again, refining me, making me new, building something new. Like Revelation says, I'm making all things new. That was, I'm still going through that. Um, But this was like a very uh, condensed, (laughs) yes, boot camp camp of that. Um, Jesus touches your heart and it's like your 40 days in the desert. Kind of yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very good. Um, so throughout that process, you know, old friends are coming around. God is just giving me this community again to, um, he's giving me what I need 
in that season, which is what he always does. He's always so faithful to give us what we need in each season. And um, throughout that season, I start hearing um, sort of him telling me this, this, he's like, Hey, Hey, Chris, Hey, Hey, you should, Hey, Hey. And I ignored it for the longest time. Um, but it, it became undeniable. I couldn't any, I couldn't ignore it anymore. And uh, I finally acted on this, this message, this voice, not audible, uh, but the clearest message I've still to this day, I think ever heard God tell me. And that was to uh, pursue my ex-wife. Um, yeah. Who wasn't like really vibing with that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that same message at the same time. So, <laughs> Holy Spirit was, this was a one way message. It was not coming. But I, think, I think this is a great place to stop because. Mm. Oh, I want to hear the I know, I know. I, I, mean, I need to get to We're this recording is, part two right after this. But this is know. a great place to stop because I do think many of you listeners might be here. Mm. Where like one person is in a restorative place and the other person might not be hearing the same message. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to know that there is hope and come back for next week because you're going to hear, we're going to, all of these stories that we're going to have on over the next few months, part one is their story. Part two is the restoration that has come from it. Cause I do think there's two phases mm-hmm. in every part of everyone's story where mm-hmm. God connects with you in this brokenness and this hurt and this dust. I love the name of your guys' oh. band <laughs> like, so much because he does, he brings life out of the dust. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you who want to go listen to more of Chris and Steph T, they are, I be, tell everybody where you are so yeah. that they can find you before they hear the second part of your story. Yeah. I mean, all of our music is just, you know, just search out of the dust. It's streaming, downloadable everywhere and pretty much you anywhere on the internet. On my reels. You're on my reels. I, I like know. find your lyrics <laughs> on my reels and yes. I'll tag you. That's fun. <laughs> Yeah, but most anywhere on socials, our website, if you just search Out of the Dust Music. So our website, Out of the Dust Music, and then Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the places. Just at, at Out of the Dust Music. Yeah, YouTube as well. Yeah. Oh, love it. So love awesome, it. you guys. Well, uh, thank you guys for sharing tonight. Yes. And come back next week, listeners, for part two, because this is where the just the message of hope really takes hold. And I'm excited for you guys to hear it. As always, thank you guys for uh, listening to the Restored Living Podcast. Thanks for being a part of this community. Uh, we love getting to share stories like this. Um, mm-hmm. If this is ministering to you, if it's pouring into your heart, if it's bringing hope in your life, we just ask that you share it with other people who need it. We want uh, t- to touch as many lives as we can with the message of what Jesus can do. And so um, you can find us on Instagram at Restored Living. Um, message us there, tag us on things. We'd love to connect with you. Do you have any questions that were mm-hmm. sparked from this podcast itself? Cause I'm sure there are some triggering things that we all said <laughs> in the midst of it. Please do not hesitate to DM. I know Chris and Steph feel the same way. If you want to yes. DM them directly, Come on. The DMs. bring it in. <laughs> yes. um, but we will, well, we're going to wrap this up and we'll see you guys next week for part two. All right. Love you guys. Bye.